Welcome to Move the Line, Prop Drop Show, presented by Thrive Fantasy. I am Ryan Noonan. We'll be here in this space every week talking about the best way, the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is player props. Live 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday, giving you our favorite props of the week and taking your questions. So if you are hanging out with us on YouTube, subscribe first so you don't miss a show, and then jump in the chat. Let us know what you're considering for week one, what looks you have, anything you're on the fence uh, about, or if you want to heckle us with our picks, happy to handle that at the end of the show. Uh, joining me here, as always, from Vegas, uh, and on very, very little sleep, but hopefully a little bit more energy than he had at the top of last show. Connor Allen, how we doing? Never been better. Honestly, Vegas is the best. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, but I, I'm gonna have to go a little bit of a hot take here. And I think I mentioned on the other episode. Betting sports in Vegas sucks. It is the worst thing ever. After your mobile apps, it is awful because I have to go to different sports books and like, you know, register for the app or I have to go to the kiosk and like scroll through other stuff. Awful. So I'm, I'm very much out on Vegas as being a good sports betting place now after being spoiled with, you know, six apps in, in Illinois. What kept you up all night then if you were not betting on God knows what? Well, I was getting demolished on Twitter for liking an Allen Robinson over, and I, I was just getting dragged for 24 hours straight. So I, I was just crying by, by myself, you know, in, in a corner, playing some craps, you know, usual Vegas stuff. Oh, man. Also joining us uh, every week in this space, the man behind the Mayo Media Network, the Pat Mayo Experience, of course, none other than the man himself. It is Pat Mayo. Pat, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing much better. I recommended Cam Akers in your DraftKings captain spot because I thought, yeah, good contrarian play. Maybe the reports are off. No, it's just a way to lose money. Yeah, not great, but good, entertaining football. Uh, excited that we finally have some actual games to watch and talk about. Although we're still a little bit in this spot in speculating on week one stuff because uh, we don't have any data game points yet. But again, Pat, remind the viewers what they need to do to the like button. They need to smash it and sub to the channel and download the podcast do it all help support the show appreciate it and then again two episodes of move the line each week both available on youtube and in podcast form on addition to the obvious the prop drop here our game previews with connor john daigle and myself is live on thursday night 7 p.m eastern leading you into thursday night football again go check out last night's show we have nine bets in there for you for week one uh before we get started i want to tell our listeners more about our friends at Thrive Fantasy and really how great and a unique opportunity there is to make money over there specifically this week. Uh, it is wide open. If you're not familiar with Thrive, it is a daily fantasy sports platform and esports platform for player props. Very simple game. They have 20 available props for you to build a lineup. You choose your favorite 10. Each props assigned a fantasy value, both to the over and the under, based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props. Accumulate the most points, and you can win a share of the prize pool. They have 350000 in guaranteed prize money for week one. Their featured contest. I mean, this is – you got to get over here. It's $25 to enter. It's 250000 guaranteed, and it's fifty k to first. It is 12% filled as of a half an hour ago, okay? It's paying out like the top 25, 25% or so. It's not even close to being filled. Get over there. Use the promo code PROPDROP when you sign up today. You're going to receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $250. So you sign up, use PROPDROP. You'll have $500 instantly. Start firing at this bad boy. 
it is going to overlay. Uh, if we can get it even close to 50 or 60%, I don't know what they were thinking here. They went a little aggressive in week one. We want to help our friends get this closer to filled and, again, help you better your chances of winning a ton of money. So download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or go on the website thrivefantasy.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, 10% yesterday, it's it's up to 12 and a half. I, I'd be surprised if we get there. We're like 48 hours out, but uh, on a week one. Uh, these are live lines. Prop bets available for you to bet on right now. We're not giving out any stale lines. Our goal is to do our best to make sure that you can get the same line and price or as close as possible as what we did. Connor, if you are ready, you can get us started. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so my first one, um, you know, you guys are going to think that I'm, I'm really fun. I'm going to have a bunch of unders today. So we got Mike Gusecki under 32 and a half receiving yards. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't really think that he, you know, matches a lot of what they want to do on offense. You know, there's trade rumors in the offseason. And if you're looking at what we think that offense is going to be, it's probably going to be run heavy. Uh, and they, they want a tight end to block, and he doesn't block. And so we saw in the preseason, you know, he's playing with slash behind uh, Durham, you know, Smith, and, uh, you know, I, I just don't think he's going to be used at all right now. So you're looking at 30-some receiving yards. Our projections have him right around there. But the reality is I think that his floor is just way, way lower. Like, I think I think that he could be getting, like, one to two targets per game uh, versus, you know, like getting 33 reception or 33 receiving yards. He would have to be super efficient on that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortably taking that under. And I think that this is this he might be a guy that, like, we don't even get props for after a couple of weeks just because he's, like, not even seeing the ball. Yeah, we talked about him last week on the show, and we're shorting him on the season-long standpoint. Question from Dane here in the chat. Thoughts on a juiced under three-and-a-half receptions? Do you like that as well? Yeah, I looked at that pretty hard. I mean, I just don't think that it matters either way. Uh, I mean, I think that you can bet both of them, to be honest. But if you're you're laying less juice on the yards, I, I'd probably prefer that. In, in that situation, because I have one that's sort of correlated in the same way, like that is the prime opportunity for a same-game parlay. Like if you're going to correlate stats together under-under on that, just find them on Gusecki and go that way and get paid like plus 270 on the money. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's sharp too, for sure. Yeah, good call. Again, you can do the same-game parlays in an intelligent way that you're still setting yourself up, but they're not, they don't have to just be donkey plays where you're chasing the dragon on these crazy bets. If you're smart and correlating, like Pat said, uh, there's definitely advantageous ways to get out there. Uh, Pat, first bet for you, bud. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm correlating a, a parlay here, and I, I couldn't find it on DraftKings Sportsbook of the rushing attempts. Elijah Mitchell was right around, he's at 15 and a half at plus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't love that one. I do think that he goes over. My numbers suggest something differently on that, unfortunately. So I'm not going to go against my numbers, but I do think that he has a very good game. The Bears' pass defense, at least their pass rush, much better than the run defense. And as a seven-point favorite, even with a rushing quarterback, which should allow for more yardage for Elijah Mitchell, you to be more efficient with those running lanes. I have Elijah Mitchell anytime touchdown parlayed with Elijah Mitchell over 70 rushing yards. It pays three to one. I like both of those independently. You can have the anytime touchdown at plus 125 for Elijah Mitchell in this game. Um, I mean, you could even throw some more if you think there's going to be an onslaught from the Niners rushing attack. You know, no Kittle. I mean, that hurts their blocking. No center. That hurts their blocking. But it does seem like Debo is still, I don't want to say de debilitated with a hamstring issue. It's been lingering now. I just don't think that we see Debo get his like eight carries and I don't think that they're going anywhere else. You're going to have Lance carrying the ball. Like Lance over under right now, eight and a half rushing attempts in this game. That's even money. I like the over of that. But just Mitchell over the 70 yards, that's three to one. If you want to put on Trey Lance 
over his rushing yardage total. I like that as well. That gets it up to six to one. You can even do something sneaky too. If Lance is going to be rushing this much, they're not all going to be designed runs. A lot of them are going to be take off after, you know, the first read isn't there. He's just going to start running. And the Bears had the best adjusted pass sack rate in the league last season. So you could throw like three plus sacks from the Bears onto that. All of a sudden, we're up to like 14 to one. You can see, Noonan, how I lose my money every single week because I get too greedy with this stuff. But I feel like all those things can work in unison with one another. And then you get the multiple payouts from it. Yeah, they're essentially like we talk about showdown lineups. If you're playing DFS where you're like your showdown lineup has to tell a story, right? But like theoretically, your same game parlay should be doing the same. You want to think about, you know, a game environment and how things are going to play out and kind of build from there. And we saw last year, right, like when Elijah Mitchell is healthy and in the lineup, they love that dude. And they fed him and fed him and fed him. The only time we really started to see Debo start to mix in and even some of the other running backs was when he was dealing with some injury issues. So game one. He's ready to go. We're very much down on the Bears, Connor. Um, so I have no problem. And also looking at some probably bad weather, uh, possibly some rain, which again, uh, you know, not massive winds that are an issue here. But I think we see even more of a ground attack here from San Francisco. I like that. Yeah, and and when you look at it, like he only ended up with the 11 attempts against the Rams in the NFC Championship game. And I think I feel like that's affecting his numbers right now. I mean, he was the average less than two yards per carry. It was tough to run on the Rams last season. But in all of the other games where he was healthy before that, even in the playoffs, 17 carries, 27, 21, 21, 22, 27, 27, eight the week before against Arizona. That was the week he got hurt. So he's only gone under 17 once. In his past, what is that, five, eight games? And this is a situation where they're seven-point favorites. So, yeah, I, I like all of the overs on Mitchell this week. Yeah, there's there's some sharp people in the space who took unders on Mitchell, and I, I just don't get it at all because, like, for all the reasons you mentioned, and beyond that, like, when he did start, he was getting 87% plus of the carries of every single week. Like, who who is going to steal carries from him? You know, I just don't understand what other guy that they really believe in at this point. Maybe Tyrion Davis-Price eventually, but, you know, all reports are that Jeff Wilson's the number two running back who, you know, I don't think that they're really going to give too much work to. Uh, I, I mean, Mitchell just proved that he's, like, you know, I think more talented than the rest of the roster at this point. So, barring, you know, an injury, which is possible, but in, in this week, I just don't think it matters. I think the overs there are a great look. If they're looking at 32, 35 carries probably for the Niners here in this game, I think we're comfortably feeling like Mitchell's getting at least half of those. And, you know, even if we're seeing a pretty hefty game from Trey Lance on the ground too, which I agree with Pat, like even at eight and a half, if you're getting even money on that, I like that. Look, he, with that game with the nine or the uh, Cardinals, I think last year, his first start, we were all salivating. He went over his rushing number, like seven and a half carries, like the first, you know, early couple minutes of the second quarter. So no problem with that one whatsoever. Uh, first play for me. Um, Justin Jefferson, I, I booked this at 79 and a half on DraftKings. It's still really right there. 81 and a half, uh, minus one Oh five on DK too. So love that number. I just thought we would see Justin Jefferson in the nineties, 90 plus all season. And I think we've been all over it. And I think the drum beat with the pro Viking stuff has been really loud all off season. It's really centered around Kevin O'Connell, just kind of moving this offense into the 21st century, getting away from those really, boring under center base formation run heavy snaps and jefferson is obviously dynamic after the catch if they're going to move him around and do some different things i think it's going to be really exciting they were 23rd in pass rate last year and he averaged 95 yards per game last year um, led the league in deep targets and air yards so we know that the big plays are there um, great games last year against green bay i think it's a tough matchup 
again, tough matchup last year. He went for 169 the last time they met last year in uh, Minnesota too. So I don't think we need to overthink this one very much. Our projections is in the low 103 range. So anywhere up until 90, comfortable going over on Justin Jefferson. No Jair Alexander in that game, by the way. He will be playing this time. Correct. Massive, massive. One of the best corners in the league for sure. So at the end of the day, we would have probably said that if we had any sort of reluctancy to chase Steph Diggs or Gabe Davis last night with Jalen Ramsey. Um, And I think good offense can beat really good defense. So no problem with Jair, who I love. Uh, I think the backers defense is going to be awesome. But I think Justin Jefferson is on his way to a special season. Yeah, I think the number's probably, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can get behind our projection of 103, but I think, you know, maybe five to 10 yards short, I think like over under 90 makes a little more sense. So, you know, 79 seems a little bit short. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to see what, now I'm trying to figure out what what do I have Jefferson at, my projections? Probably not as high because I use a lot of like, I kind of downgrade everything because unders just hit more than anything else. Where are we at here with Justin Jefferson? No, no, I can't even find him. Oh, there he is. I, I have him at... 84 yards is his medium projection just as you know a contrast to that yeah so that's probably and that was probably being not a bettable edge per se um yeah i've again i think this week we're you know looking at our prop tool we're leaning over on a lot of stuff which is problematic too right so i think we're trying to you know proceed with caution not following the tool blindly and trying to understand where can we find some edges here when we have some things that maybe we lean over that aren't a bettable edge. Maybe we need to be looking the other way for sure. But uh, that's not represented in my card for this show, but uh, we'll figure it out as we get there. Connor bet number two. Uh, my second one today, uh, Marquez Valdez scaling under three and a half receptions. Uh, the, the Chiefs wide receiver situation is super murky. I mean, MBS has never really been a volume based guy. I really expect like him and Hardman to kind of run a lot of clear out routes um, with, you know, Juju and Kelsey uh, soaking up a lot of targets underneath. And this one could come back to bite me if, you know, MVS's role is a little bit different than what I expect. But I think there's enough wiggle room here where at three and a half receptions that we should be okay. Um, you know, barring him like running, you know, basically Juju's routes, essentially. That's what I would think would be a kind of disaster for this prop. But other than that, we projected for 2.4 receptions. So our, our projections are, are really low on him. Uh, you know, I know some others in the space are as well. So I think that at three and a half receptions, you know, minus 110, I'll be able to find that at MGM. Uh, it's a pretty solid look there on the under. Yeah, Pat, how do you have that shaken out? Obviously, you know, even Mahomes himself has said it's going to be something that fantasy owners are going to have a problem with all season. It's going to be you know matchup-based. And again, it feels like they just went out and it's more than just a one-for-one Tyreek replacement. They just essentially tried to, you know, quality, you know, quantity over quality here. What do you how do you think this shakes out? I think that the move would be just if they're going to offer three and a half every single week. Now, if it goes down, that means you're winning your unders every single week. So that's good news. But it's just one of those ones that you would want to blindly play. There's going to be weeks where it's going to be like, oh, six for 200 for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Okay. And then it'll just be zeros for five weeks in a row. So I'm on board with the under every week on that unless they really do show us that all of a sudden it's like oh no he's gonna get seven eight targets a game and even then like most of his targets are so deep down the field that they're not the highest catchable rate balls in the world i really like that game and unfortunately all the props have been stricken off the board of that in the packers game for the receiving props because we just don't know about zach Ertz. we don't know about rondell Moore at this point but like aj green over everything 
seems like a smash because even if Rondell Moore plays, it's not like AJ Green's not going to play 90 to a hundred percent of the snaps. He's going to be out there. Like his anytime touchdown is three to one. Like, it just seems like people forgot how much he was used in this offense last year. Yeah, we wanted to call him Dusty A.J. Green and remember that, you know, that he's just not the separator that he was. But it doesn't matter. Like you said, if he's on the field for 95, 98% of the snaps, like, gosh, we've seen like prize picks, some other places out there that have numbers on him. He's in like low 40s. Um, so I would love to see something hung out there in the books soon. Again, we know what. Arizona wants to do defensively. They are going to blitz a ton. They are the one of the blitz heaviest teams in the league. Their best pass rusher, Chandler Jones, is now in Las Vegas. They probably are going to have a dinged up J.J. Watt, if they even have J.J. Watt at all. They're going to have to drum up some pressure here. And blitzing Pat Mahomes is something that I wouldn't want to spend a ton of time doing, but they're going to have to do it. And the secondary is terrible. The majority of their guys <clears throat> excuse me, that are going to play this week are – among the bottom third in PFF's grades, it's a dumpster fire of a secondary. So um, I like some of these things here, but again, because we don't know how it's going to shake out, I think Connor's on the right side, kind of leaning under until we get a feel for that. So uh, Pat, bet number two. I'm sticking that same game and it's along the same sort of lines. Like, yeah, we expect the chiefs to jump out in this game. If not, then, you know, this one's in a lot of trouble, but it tends to go under James Connor under, 13 and a half rushing attempts. They like to use them in the passing game for reasons that I'm not quite sure of. They like to use them on the ground in goal line situations because uh, he was taking away those touchdowns from Kyler Murray. But you have the Kyler effect. I think they'll mix in a little bit of, you know, Benjamin at certain points to be a pass catcher and just taking Connor off the field is great here. So as long as this game isn't tied at half and Arizona remains in these close spots, then you're going to see Connor rush the ball, but his yards per carry are just absolutely atrocious. And that's not what they want to do in this offense is run him into the ground. So I really like that. It's currently minus one. What was it? Yeah. Minus one ten. James Connor under 13 and a half carries. And I'm in on it. We're at 13.7 Connor. So it feels like one of those examples that I talked about earlier, like if it projection medium projection is that close, probably should be leaning under uh, all times, especially in week one when we have a little bit more variance than normal. Yeah, I mean, there's also, I think, a chance that they get, like, Eno Benjamin involved a little bit too on the ground and, like, just use Connor in that pass game role, um, you know, like uh, Pat said there, that, you know, they like to use him in. So if that kind of shakes out too, you know, you're you're siphoning away a couple carries from him in, in those situations, I think that he could, you know, easily hit the under here and be close to, like, 10 carries rather than, you know, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, I haven't, proje- I haven't projected at 11.7, so this is why this one mm-hmm. stuck out to me in such a big way. Yeah, that makes sense. No problem with that one. I think the folks are not going to like my next one uh, because no one likes Zeke Elliott's, but I'm going to take an over on Zeke Elliott carries at 12 and a half. Um, posted this for our subscribers at plus 104 on Caesars a couple of days ago. Um, the number hasn't moved, but we got a little bit more juice on it, but it's still available on DraftKings at minus 110. He topped this number in six of the first seven games last year before the week nine knee injury. And I know we don't really agree with the establish the run thought here, but they are going to. I think the talks of it are something that we need to believe. Because there are so many questions at the pass catching positions here, I think they're going to lean on the running backs. Very similar to Green Bay. I think they really need to get their best 11 on the field, and that involves both running backs. And it sounds like we saw a piece over on The Athletic this week about a sizable increase coming 
with 12 personnel, two running backs, where it allows them to run even more. And I think Zeke is going to be in the spot where, especially now, week one, he's coming in as healthy as he's probably going to be all season. Uh, we know we saw all the cut-ups on Instagram and all those things this season where Zeke is healthy. It's not going to be more healthy than week one. I think they try to lean on him. This Tampa Bay defense is not the elite run-stopping unit that it was last season when they came out and just threw to avoid running against them. Um, they've had some massive losses on the defensive front that are going to make them a little bit worse this season. So I'm not scared necessarily about the matchup here. I think their shot to really hang in this game is to kind of control the game and run a little bit more. So we have a tiny bit higher, um, 13.6 carries. I've seen some other sources in the 14 to 15 range. would love to see what Pat has, but um, over 12 and a half carries for Zeke. I got him at 11.7. So I see this game a little bit differently than you do, but I think the logic completely tracks out with that. I see like without running a projection system, the reason that I keep bringing this up is because ever since I started using my projections, once I just, you know, theoretically went in, punched in numbers of like, Oh, this is the split. Here's how I think it's going to work. You always just think overs are going to hit all the time. Um, and that you inflate that in your head. Now, like logically I can see him getting like 19 carries in this game. Why not? Right. Hey, if they're going to have a shot, Connor, they're probably going to have to lean on Zeke. Yeah, I mean, well, well wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Not, not going to. Who did they throw to? Not Noah gonna, Brown? They, they cannot lean on Zeke to win this game. I mean, that is, I mean, okay, Jerry. You know, I, I mean, that's, uh, I, I, okay, I did tail this with you. I, I'll, I'll be transparent. I did tail this with you. But I think that our back and forth prior to us playing it officially was, you know, do they know or do they, like, is that what they think that the Tampa Bay run defense is not as good so they're not going to pass the ball as much? I think that that's also a concern. I, you know, I mean, they were, they were sharp enough to go super pass heavy last year, um, but I don't know. I think that was kind of my one concern, and obviously betting on a guy like Zeke, I don't know. I'm just I'm not really super into it, but I did tail. I do like the play. I do lean over. Uh, I just think that those are some of my initial concerns. Yeah, see, like I said, the boomers would hate the Zeke play. Um, again, we got it at plus money, still minus 110 on DraftKings. I think it's still in play, um, but I understand why someone would be reluctant to chase it. Uh, Connor, bet number three. In my third one, uh, Josh Jacobs under two and a half receptions. Uh, and this one comes in a little bit lower than our projections here. We haven't projected for 1.7. Uh, they brought in Amir Abdullah to be their, you know, quote, James White pass catching guy. Uh, and they also are talking about mixing in Zamir White kind of an early down. So I think that Jacob's, you know, main out to go over on this was to like have some screens, maybe some like, you know, be involved in the passing game on early downs. Whereas now I think we're going to see Zamir White mix in on early downs, plus Amir Abdullah takes some passing downs. Uh, I think that the under two and a half receptions here, it's like there's a little bit of juice minus 140 at MGM. We projected for 1.7 receptions. And this is another situation which, Again, we, we could be totally wrong. Jacobs could see 80% of the work. Amir Abdullah could never play. could be a Gio Bernard situation that we saw in Tampa last year um, where we thought he would take passing work. But I think that based on everything we've been hearing and as well as him you know, getting some good run in the preseason kind of points to you know him at least sharing the workload here in the backfield. Yeah, it's a situation I want nothing to do with, so I have no problem fading uh, unders here on the uh, pass-catching core. What do you think, Pat? I just don't know enough about the situation. I have a very bad grasp about how the Las Vegas offense is going to work. So they're just pure passes for me. It's, uh, I'm not like being like, oh, well, I mean, if Josh Jacobs had like six catches, I'd be like, oh, turns out they didn't use scrub Amir Abdullah as their pass. Right. Back. <laughs> they just use the guy who's always on the field for them. <laughs> it's Josh McDaniels, right? So we historically, you know, running the Patriots in the running back position has been really hard to get a grasp on. So, yeah, but, I mean, I think that we didn't of... see that. We didn't see that in Denver. It's true. 
true like we have i think more of kind of a ambiguous ambiguous talent level like i don't think we have anyone that's kind of standing out um so maybe that's part of it too so we'll see i think i kind of agree with pat like i would lean under on jacobs passing every week but we have no idea how they're going to use this backfield moving forward and am i super worried about the uh you know amir abdullah's of the world we probably shouldn't be but we'll wait and see what they what they decide they want to do with it yeah all right pat number three for you bud yeah, it's a minus 130, but I really like this one. It is the best projected discrepancy between a number that's listed and what I have my numbers telling me. And now this blows up when the Patriots jump out to like a 10 nothing lead on Miami. But I think that Miami, I don't want to say handles the Patriots. I just think that they're going to be able to score points on the Patriots. And that front seven is going to get the ball out very quickly. So Mac Jones over... 30 and a half passing attempts. That seems like a really low number for a team that's a three and a half point underdog coming into a game. You know that the Patriots are going to try to run the ball. Maybe they'll be successful. But with the big playability of Miami, if they can score a long touchdown early, a quick, fast touchdown. And Miami was the third fastest first half team last season in seconds per play. So they're going to be pushing the pace. That's not how the Patriots like to play whatsoever, but they might get forced into that situation. See a lot of Mac Jones, three-step dropbacks, boom, four-yard pass, four-yard pass, tight end, tight end, Jacoby Myers. So over 30 and a half passing attempts, one of my best plays of the week. Connor, we both like Miami at two and a half. We dragged our feet on it and then it got away from us for sure. Um, and now it's on the other side at three and a half, but uh, we're, a tad over at 33 and a half attempts for Mac. Uh, but I think Pat does a good job painting that picture. Yeah, I feel pretty cowardly for not grabbing the two and a half when we we both felt pretty good about it. But uh, that's a good point. I, I I hadn't seen that prop and I really like that. That's, that's a good look there. Uh, I guess the only concern is that you're right. Like you said, if New England gets out to a lead, um, but I don't know. I don't really see that happening here. So I, I think that they're going to be forced into a kind of a neutral or a negative game script, forced to kind of open the ball, up, especially in the second half too. You might be able to get like a good live bet number, uh, you know, on an overpass attempts because I do anticipate them probably coming out at least, you know, neutral or run heavy. Uh, but until Miami gets a lead, you know, they might not have to open it up. So you might be able to even get a better number. But uh, I think there's still a good good enough edge here that it's worth betting like pregame. Yeah, good luck. Um, next for me, AJ Dillon over 49 and a half rushing yards. Uh, this is available uh, minus 110. Uh, I'm sorry, 114 out there. I took it uh, at 46 and a half a couple days ago. I'm okay with anywhere under 50, so I'm going to still give it out here. Um, again, Aaron Rodgers, similar to the Dow situation, and talked extensively about having their best 11 on the field, which involves both backs. I think we see a massive workload for Aaron Jones in the passing game. And we saw an increase in snap rate down the stretch last season for A.J. Dillon, um, really limited early in the year, but um, topped this mark in 60% of the games last year from week four to week 18, including both matchups against the Vikings. I think Minnesota's made some defensive additions this offseason, mostly in the secondary and at edge, not anything that's necessarily making me hesitate to attack them on the ground here. It was a problem for them last year. They allowed the fourth highest EPA per rush on the season. And again, with all the questions that they have as well, Alan Lazard didn't practice again today, looks fairly doubtful. Um, I think they're going to lean on these backs and our projections have him a tad over 51. Uh, again, not a huge edge, but I think we're a little light here. So happy to pound AJ Dillon, who I think is going to get a lot of work in both the passing game uh, and on the ground. So thoughts on AJ Dillon. Uh, would you rather just take the 66 and a half rushing receiving? 
That's a little so yeah, 66 and a half. I don't hate. Um, because I think you're seeing his receiving yards right around there, like 21, 22. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like both. Um I have no problem with that at all. Cause I do think he's a better pass catcher than folks think he is. I think I had like 35 uh, catches last year. And I think they've talked a lot about that too. They were surprised by how good he is, how shorthanded he is. And they really want to use him this year. So yeah, I think he has a, a pretty good workload. So I have no problem. If you're getting better juice on that, than you know, say the minus 114 or something like that, I have no problem chasing the cumulative yards. Yeah. That is what is it? It's minus 115 right now. DraftKings. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts there, Connor? Yeah, it's interesting because you played it that way. Um, again, I totally agree with your logic, but for the same reasons I played the Aaron Rodgers under 23 and a half completions, um, you know, kind of the same same logic. I just don't think that they're going to be able to – I mean, like the, he Dylan has to be a focal point of their of their offense at this point. You know, I just don't see them really be able to, you know, move the ball really to, to much other receivers there. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much out on Sammy and Dubs and – or Dobbs, you know, one of the two – and, uh, uh, you know, with Lazard out especially, too, and Randall Cobb playing, I mean, just total dust balls in the field. So, uh, yeah, I think Dylan Over is a great look. Also, I saw a two-and-a-half reception line pop at plus money. thought that was interesting for Dylan, too, uh, especially if you if we think that Minnesota can kind of elevate the game state there uh, and kind of like bring Green Bay into like a, a pass heavier affair. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I don't hate that. I think we're a little more under on the, the Rodgers attempts, too, or the completions 22 yeah. and change. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not a, not a bad look there. All right, what's your uh, what's your last one? All right, last one for me, uh, a, a guy that you know most people haven't really kept up with too much. Josh Reynolds, I took under two and a half receptions. Uh, Reynolds now on the Lions, he's he's like fifth maybe in the pecking order for targets behind Amon Ra, Hawkinson, DJ Chark, and DeAndre Swift probably. And uh, I mean, I just don't really see him even getting maybe like he might not even get three targets. So you know, two and a half receptions here. I think he's a great look on the under for, for a guy like that. What's I don't know about thing? that one. I mean, you know, I think you're, you like I, I think you might be putting a lot of stock into, into what shark is up to. Maybe Amon Ra is going to take away a lot of those routes from Reynolds, but as soon as he stepped in, like three was his like floor in terms of targets per week. Uh, it's going to be tough to get over that number, but like golf likes him. It's weird. He just runs very simple routes. Goff's not very good. Maybe if Hawkinson is asked to block, you're going to see a lot of those Hawkinson targets, I think at least, end up going filtered to Josh Reynolds because the defense has to account for Amon Ross St. Brown. They're not accounting for Josh Reynolds, and he'll probably play like 90% of the snaps. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that's, that secondary plays too. Like They were very vanilla last year, a lot, a lot of stuff underneath. They've obviously upgraded the secondary with – um, Johnson Gardner Johnson, and then with uh, James Bradbury coming over. So they're definitely a, a better unit. But uh, yeah, I mean, under two and a half, because there are a lot of mouths to feed, is probably a good lean. But it is one of those scenarios, to Pat's point, is like there are different mouths to feed in that offense. And there was something there down the stretch. They, they seem to use him more often than not, uh, which is pretty surprising. It's like to see where he is in the pecking order as we get into the regular season. So uh, don't hate the look. Um, and that's bet MGM, you said? Yeah, bet him, Jim. It's, I mean, it's another look, and a lot of these are kind of like I'm betting unders on in, you know ambiguous situations and things that like you know there's there's just a lot of you know volatility with I guess. So I, I think that that's just been my kind of you know general lean early on in the season here that sometimes you're able to get value, uh, and I, I think that this could be a spot. Forcing the unders because you hate fun, but I'm making up for it. Pounding the overs for us, Pat. Last one. Well, I'm actually going to end on an under, but I do have some overs that I do like. I'll throw those out here. They're not the strongest plays, but like my numbers love Mitch Trubisky over passing attempts of 33 and a half. 
Um, that's plus 105 right now. Just logically, that makes a lot of sense, I think, especially he has bad accuracy. So every time he doesn't complete a pass, it stops the clock, which really does help when you're trying to catch up from behind and continue passing down the field. Uh, Elvin Kamara over 14 and a half carries. That's minus 125 at DraftKings. Josh Palmer over 28 and a half receiving yards against the Raiders. I like that. But the one I'm really kind of locked onto right now, and I feel like I'm getting set up because there's less juice on this than the over. It logically makes no sense to me. My numbers agree with me. Jacoby Brissett, under 29 and a half passing attempts. Pretty sure Cleveland's going to try to run the ball 8,000 times in this game. It's supposed to rain too, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That was in the oh, forecast. Um, yeah, that's a that's a number that is a little high. We're, we're too high on Jacoby Brissett's attempts. We have him just to tick over 32, but I agree. Like, I, why I, is that at 32? Like that, that, that doesn't make any sense. I would think that they would try to hide him or at least again, run behind a great offensive line and, you know, get this game over as, as quickly as possible. So, and I'm, uh, you know, I think it's kind of a toss up game. I'm kind of pro Panthers here, but I don't think either team gets away from the other one where like Jacoby's going to be forced into this like super pass happy fourth quarter or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you're seeing under 30 makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're looking at a game that's basically a pick 'em at this point, but it's going to be very close. So if that actually translates now, if Carolina gets up at like 17, it's like the Mac Jones thing. Well, Brissett's going to have to throw. That's just the case. But in a sloppy game, like you said, could have some elements, but even if it was perfect conditions, the bears are going to want to run down their throats. And that includes Jacoby Brissett at the same time. Like he's not a statue. He's not like a running quarterback by any means, but he will take off from time to time. Like I only have there. I have them at 58 plays in this game, 21 points scored. I have them at a rushing rate of 52%. I actually think that rushing rate is going to be like 60%, maybe higher. Especially if it goes their way, it goes the Browns way for sure. Baker collapses onto himself. Um, you're probably looking at 55% on the ground for sure. So, yeah, I like that look. There's some good unders. Uh, the Mitch Trubisky one very much aligns with our numbers too. So I like that look as well. So good logic behind the two. He sucks. So the stock, the clock stops. And, uh, you know, they got to try it again. So no problem with that. I'm very bullish on the Bengals in this spot too. The Palmer one too is super low. 28 and a half. Is that it? I didn't see that drop. That's uh, that's a re- seems really low for a guy that is going to play a bunch on a great offense. So. Yeah, I looked at Palmer's receptions too, which I was considering, but it was starting to juice up. So, um, yeah, I like that too. He's going to be on the field a lot in a game that could very much go back and forth and have a lot of passing involved. So, all right, uh, last one for me. I like both looks here. I like both the over on the combined yards, and this one popped um, with nice juice. I like over two and a half receptions for Tony Pollard. It's minus – 105 on bet MGM. This is out there at Caesars um, at like minus 150. So we're getting a really nice number on MGM here. Um, I also on DraftKings took Pollard over 51 and a half combined yards because I think he is going to be involved in this game. And we've talked about this a lot too. They've the drumbeat of having both their guys on the field is going to be a thing. Tampa Bay has been heavily targeted. Uh, versus the running back position for two straight years. Uh, over seven and a half targets per game to running backs. Uh, that is top five in the league, both 2020 and 2021. Again, we know we have the same defensive coordinator, same scheme, a lot of things. They're very predictable. There are a lot of teams that when you look at kind of their man versus zone rates or their one high safety or two high safeties, that they are all kind of in the middle. Tampa Bay is a lot of zone, a lot of one high shell 
we're kind of know what we're getting with this team. And I think prioritizing the running back here is going to make a lot of sense. We've had a lot of Pollard in the slot talk and Pollard played a lot of slot receiver in Memphis when he came in. So this is not a stretch here for him to work there. And because we're talking about Jalen Tolbert, who's had a bad camp and Noah Browns and all these other things, it looks like Michael Gallup is probably not making it back for this one. But even if he's in the game, I don't think this is a real problem here. Minus 105 is a really nice number. Um, I think we see a lot of him caught four balls in this matchup last year in week one. Tony Pollard over two and a half receptions. I mean, banging Cowboys over is what can go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Running back overs, all of them. All of them. No, I, I do like that look, though. I think that that's solid, and he should be should be involved a lot in the passing game for all the reasons you mentioned. So it's a good look. Not, it's, not, it's not something I'm personally playing, but I think is it's probably the right side. I have a fun one from that game, if you want. It's 66 to 1. Oh, boy. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, well, I have to figure out what the guy's name is again because <laughs> I keep forgetting. Semi Fahoko? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a guy who won USFL MVPs, returning punts and kicks for them, playing slot, maybe. Uh, what the hell was his name? Give me a sec here. Uh, I wrote it down. No, he's already dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, Kevante Turpin is 55 to 1 first touchdown, but he's also like, where is he? 10 to 1 anytime touchdown. I only say first touchdown because, you know, if they kick off or there's just a punt to them, he's going to have the ball in his hands. And I do think that, like, he's so fast that they'll try to get tricky with him, like, out of a slot, jet sweep, whatever it might be. I think he'll end up with, like, four or five touches in this game, and he's super fast. So it just takes one missed tackle, and he's gone to the house. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I like the Pollard over, too, because I think they're going to have to scheme the ball to him, um, the Pollard on the yards, too. I think they're just going to have to find ways for him to – to get involved so uh they just don't have a lot of talent outside of these guys and you know we can argue the zeke stuff like um, he wasn't healthy last year down the stretch right so he might be washed and we'll find out real quick um and then you know i'm the donkey that took an over on on zeke in week one but i think that um these kind of cover each other in a sense i think both of these game scripts uh maybe they both can win but i think one of them at least works based, based off of a game state so kind of where we're at you know, we bet our first uh, first touchdown prop or anytime touchdown prop ever yesterday. Kyron Williams, anytime touchdown at like 11 to 1, gets yeah, injured right away. during special teams, gets injured on like the first play. I mean, Never. talk about talk about a run bad. Didn't even have a shot. Like, you know, we couldn't even give our long shot a chance to get on the field. And I thought we would have at least played a little bit, but I mean, who knows at this point? <laughs> We'll never know. We'll always know. We'll never know. We're <laughs> on the right side. He would have played based off of how the game went, right? Of so. course, of course. All right, got a couple of questions for you in the chat before we take off. Uh, Adam wants to know about Joe Mixon, over 69 and a half rushing yards for Mixon. Um, that's pretty nice number, way off of our projections uh, on Mixon, which are 93 yards. Pat, any leans on Mixon? I, I just don't know what to do with the Steelers' defense, so it's a pass for me. Yeah. Kind of thoughts on Joe? Yeah, again, kind of I, – I, I really don't know what we see out of the Bengals' offense here either because they kind of, like, shifted, like, the Eagles a little bit. Uh, like, once Burrow got healthy, a little bit more pass-heavy. Uh, and I just – I mean, I think that that would be awesome to see. I just don't know if we see that, especially in this game where they really have to. You know, like, I think that they can get away with running Mixon, you know, 20 times and, and kind of come out of there with a touchdown victory. But uh, it's kind of a stay away for me. Uh, we have Davis Mills, over 210 and a half passing yards. Connor, friend of the show, Davis Mills. Uh, we went to uh, bang the under on Davis all year last year. We were a little over this at 233. Uh, any thoughts on your boy here in, in week one? 
No, I like the over. I think I think Mills is Mills is gonna go over this. I mean, I'm 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 have reversed course, you know, after the initial uh, you know under money season on Mills for like six seven weeks when he was playing just like the hardest defenses in the league. Uh, and the Colts defense should be obviously very very good, but you know, I think I, I have some some questions about the defensive coordinator now. The more that we dug into it, and I think that uh, you know Mills could be. They're, they're probably going to be playing a negative game, game script here, probably passing a bunch. So I think that the over here is probably a decent look. Uh, Pat, any thoughts on Davis Mills? I like the over too. I have him around like 240 yards in this game. If I was going to play him with the over, I would actually look into the same game parlay of Davis Mills and Cooks over together. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Now that game could be feisty. I don't know. I I, I see. I don't think so at all. I don't know what no? you're <laughs> <laughs> Where do they legalize something in the states, and I wasn't aware of it? Like the Colts are so much legal here for a little bit. They're yeah. so much better, <laughs> and the Texans are such a horrible. Like it's the team they match up with the war. Like look at both their games last season. They couldn't move the ball on offense with Davis Mills, and the Colts just here. Let's hand it off to Jonathan Taylor. You can't tackle him. Okay, see you next week. Yeah, they they did run down the throat. I just I'm trying to look at these you know, like wonky week one games because there's always one. It's the um, Bears. The Bears are the wonky game. Oh, God. I know. I don't want it either, but that's that's what it is. Yeah. I, I was just leaning that way as to what, like a possibility just because it's the end of, in the division stuff. So there's a little bit of familiarity um, versus, you know, something like that. But, yeah, I mean, pff, bad weather in Chicago. You get a, a West Coast team playing on the knee-high grass of Soldier Field. Uh, anything could happen. So, yeah. Like we hope you're wrong. I think it could be wonky as long as the Niners hold on and, and take care of that one. So uh, thoughts on Jalen Hurts. Over 229 and a half passing yards from Adam here seems low. Um, yeah, let's see. I, you think. can't you can't bet that. Like you we just said, what are you gonna see? If you think that you know the answer to what we're gonna see out of the Eagles, you know, like just think you're lying to yourself. Like no one no one knows what's what we're gonna see. Yeah, and people like, have taken some serious like positions, but I don't know. That that over could hit by 150 yards or be under by 100 like the rain for sure i i just don't like that's why i like playing rushing attempt props passing attempt props i feel like that stuff is just it's more projectable like if you have a sense of the game you're not really worried about the result at that point like i don't know for for especially if the eagles win big in this game it's probably because they do a lot on the ground isn't it that's what happened last time they played and they absolutely boat raced him and he ran for a ton of yards and barely played in the fourth so, yeah, I mean, that could happen again, too, right? I know a lot of people want to restore the roar and all those things, but, like, this team still sucks. The secondary is still really bad. I don't get it. What are they restoring the roar to? Like, where was it previously <laughs> at? Where the was roar the roar? Not, I don't know that the roar has ever happened, right? Like, they've yeah. – what are we talking about, like, 1989? 1991, I think it was, the last time they won a playoff game? Or even in the – like, it's just – I mean, is that the most fraudulent hashtag saying, like, then in sports right now? I mean, that's that's pretty pathetic. You know, what are they, like, 20, what, 30 years at this point? It's pretty bad. Yeah, very hard player to project. I have Hurts at 204 passing yards. Right. Yeah. But, like, I'm not – like, that's a huge under, and I'm just still staying away. I'm like, right. Lord knows. And we're at 260, which I think is way aggressive. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think either of us are – any of us are comfortable there. So, yeah, no, no thank you. Uh, Brian wants to know our thoughts on Gasecki on a season-long standpoint. Under 600 and a half yards on Gasecki. We took under his receptions. I played that last week in our uh, season-long show for some of the same reasons that Connor pointed out. Just not on the field as much as we thought. Um, it's a little, a little light based on our projections. But again, I think our projections are wrong because I think that our projections still have him playing quite a bit. So I would lean there. 
Uh, what are your thoughts, Connor? No, I, I agree. I think that also just like a, a general point about like, you know, we don't make our projections, but we use them as a kind of a baseline and a guideline to, to help understand and like identify values potentially. But at the end of the day, there's some things that are just like, they're just off, you know, and based off things that we know or think we know. And, you know, I think that oftentimes, you know, uh, our models just don't really factor that in right away. So especially too, after the first couple of weeks, our projections get a lot sharper, um, you know, when we have a little bit more data uh, to kind of run off of to get those like baselines good. All right, makes sense. All right, real quick, there are, again, in this Thrive contest, folks, at the top, if you did not listen, Thrive Fantasy, thrivefantasy.com, uh, promo code prop drop is going to get you um, 100% instant deposit match up to $250. So again, you can deposit $250, you'll instantly have $500 in your account. They have massive overlay in this tournament. This week one tournament with 50000 to the first place has... 1,390 entries, and there are 11,000 seats in this bad boy. So uh, they are not going to fill it. So there is going to be a ton of overlay, that which will be paid out because it is a guaranteed prize pool tournament. Um, so, again, use promo code PropDrop. And the, our friends over at Thrive are also telling us that if you beat Connor and I, again, any, any of us, you don't have to win. You just got to beat Connor and I, you're going to get entries into their week two tournament as well, which again, based off of the numbers, I'm sure they probably back it down a little bit, but there'll probably be some overlay in that as well. So these free tickets uh, worth $25 are going to be pretty interesting. So uh, Connor, again, folks want to join there. They had to pick 10 out of 20 props. Give me one or two that you like here that, uh, that folks can get in on. Yeah, I mean, some like free squares here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott over under touchdowns, one and a half. I mean, just take taking the under, <laughs> under there. Um, there's, uh, I like uh, Aaron Rodgers under 265 passing yards. That's like, I think a good strategy for this stuff is comparing these to like domestic lines that are sharpened a little bit more, you know, by, uh, by better. So, you know, this is like in the 250s in most spots. Keenan Allen under six and a half receptions, you're able to get plus money. I don't love that one because I think that that game could, explode but you know relative to the market it's valuable and then they have a chris godwin won 45 and a half receiving yards i mean i don't know i guess i gotta figure out what their rules are whether he has to be active or play a snap or i mean if he plays he's active or plays like i don't think that he's gonna play that much so i think the under there is, is a pretty good look if, if somehow that you know comes back to bite me and he explodes i'd be pretty surprised but then they work him in slowly if he does play this week so we'll see that's just something to look for those those are the ones that stood out to me I don't know if you've looked into it yet, Noonan, but we will be in the streets. We will be firing off entries, at least one to two. Um, you know, a one to two. I'm I'm filling this thing. Are you maxing it or what? I mean, I'm. It's, it's one fifty max, Noonan. It's not going to fill. Yeah, right now, literally, if you enter it, you get paid. It's like we they fill they have a thousand entries and they pay out twenty five hundred. So it's like a, I don't even know, a free roll at fifty k. I mean, basically, like, uh, I basically. mean, not, I'll just keep max entering honestly up until lock, depending on. If they're going to keep paying at least a 50 50 i mean that's it's too good a value to pass up yeah the interesting thing is because there are only 20 to pick from there is a little bit of game theory around you know which side you pick and some of those things to try to get the most points some of these things that are really easy like the zeke one for instance you know you're you're skewed massively um to the under here so it's not rewarding you as many points um but yeah again like it, it does feel like a free square and there's a lot of numerous touchdown props and again just taking under on the touchdown, like a singular event, which is really hard to predict to Pat's point. Like it is, we want to find the things that are more projectable touchdowns are a very hard thing to, to project. So lots of those um, I, I'm with you on the Rogers thing. I, like 
I think Rogers under 265 and a half is probably a, a pretty good look. That one actually is getting you uh, plus money essentially on the under. So that'd be a look for me there. So again, thrivefantasy.com. Prop drops the promo code. Beat Connor and I, you get free tickets for week two. But again, 100% instant first deposit match up to $250 and massive, massive overlay. So any questions on Thrive, hit us up on Twitter, uh, 444Football, anywhere you want to do or hit us up individually. So good stuff as always, gentlemen. Pat, would you like to tell everyone where they can find your stuff? Pat Mayo Experience, audio podcast, video show, all up on the Mayo Media Network. Myself, Tower Tambellini, we're live earlier on Friday going through the entire DraftKings DFS slate. And I'll be back on Saturday with a full injury report, season long rankings update, and a few props for the weekend as well over on Prize Picks. So please tune into that and go sub to the channel right now. Love it. Sub to it. Lots of great stuff over there. No matter the sport, Connor, what's going on with you? We have uh, all the hay in the barn for week one. Uh, no, I'm just going to keep firing on more props. And, uh, you know, uh, Sharp Clark actually just re- released an awesome article on our site. It's free. Uh, it's like a matchup spotlight where he breaks down one game, like super in-depth. Uh, very, very thoughtful guy. Does some great work, great analysis. So just publish that at 44.com. Um, but, you know, otherwise, I'm just going to keep, you know, firing off props in our Discord. So hop in there and uh, make some money. Clark's a stud. Good stuff as always. Oh, you, you know what? I'm going to say 2 p.m. Eastern on Mayo Media Network on Saturday. My guy, our guy, really, John Kelly, is going to be live breaking down the uh, UFC 279. You may have some questions based on what's going on with this card right now. Seems like a lot of things going on. And I would, very few people in the space that I would want to help me suss that out than, uh, than John Kelly himself. So, uh, guy's an absolute stud. And, and have you, fight game. Are, you, are you paying attention to what's going on with this in real time? There's someone that is not making weight. I'm not a big UFC guy, but I know there's someone that's trying to like, I saw that there was stuff yesterday with Dana White backing away, like canceling the press conference and all that stuff. I have no idea. Yeah. So Chimeyev's in the main event. He's like minus 2000 over Nate Diaz and he missed weight by 10 pounds. So Diaz only has wants out. He only has one fight left on his contract and illegally he now doesn't have to fight Chimeyev, which is the main event of a pay-per-view. He can just walk and get out of his contract too and get paid. Wow. So is he going to do that or what? Like, what is it? What is going to happen? That, that's sort of like the, the bated breath right now. It seems like there's two other fights that are off from people missing weight too. Yeah. I don't oh, really want disaster. to get in the ring with a dude who's missing weight by like 10 pounds. I don't know. I would think not, especially if I can get paid for it anyway. Yeah. yeah especially when you are a uh, 13 to one underdog. Yeah. It's a, good, yeah. it's a good point. And you can walk and still get paid and get out of your contract. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty easy decision on my end, but uh, you know, I'm also not in the ring every weekend or whatever, every six months. So, God, I would be such a terrible MMA fighter. If I can, I'd schedule a, a fight. That'd be fun. I mean, get, get, get you and uh, uh, you and you and uh, Daigle in the ring together. No, I'd take Elliot in the ring. <laughs> I love such a punchable face. I'd love to get Elliot in the ring. I know he's bigger than I am, but uh, God, that face is just made to be punched. But otherwise, I'll be um, this. Yeah. That wraps us up for this week. So, uh, again, check out everything on Mayo Media Network, uh, everything at 444.com, 444.com slash plans for a betting sub. Uh, we'll have producer Sal back with a prop for you next week, tell you more about all the great things going on at 444. So, for Pat and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.